Ryan Singer, and I'm I've come back to the franchise to record some more. God, that is uh, that's just a really chilling rendition of what Brian Singer probably sounds like. Ooh, um, is this Henry? Oh no 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 no! We're not doing. Is this Henry Papali? Uh, uh, yes. Yeah. Henry, I can you give me your age, your sex, and your date of birth, please? I am 55 years old. Ooh. Right, right. Far yeah. too old for me. Yeah, I was born in the 60s, uh, so, uh, yeah, yep, so, um... Your butthole isn't quite pink and puckered the way I prefer... Oh. Brian, how did you get this number, by the way? Well, see, the people at my production company, Bad Hat Harry, because I love the film <laughs> Jaws, they, uh, they put me on to this podcast. I hear you've been talking very kindly about my works. Uh, some of your works we've been kind to, yes, yes, if not, if not the director himself, yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> you have a talent. Yes. X2, you like that one? Yes, that, that, was, that was very good. I titled good. it because X, it's like the shape of a butthole. And then 2, there's double, double butthole. It's even better. <laughs> I can't do it. I can't. <laughs> This is the franchise. This is a podcast where we take a sideways glance at film franchises. Oh I'm your host, God. Daniel Ehrenberg. Uh, uh, I'm your host, Henry Papali. Uh, welcome and, uh, and, to... and that was just a character, okay? Just a character. Yep. Not yep, a dark worked. web recording like our usual. No, he stays off the dark web. He's he's still trying to be cautious. Um, he's on some I, kind of darker web that we're yeah, not familiar with. Yeah, that's exactly right. He's on the the, the cavernous web. Uh, yeah, I couldn't even get through that. That was uh, too cringe-inducing, uh, but probably accurate. Uh, welcome to episode one hundred and fifty-two, everybody. Mm. More X Men. Yes. Did you say your name? I I think so, but I'll say it again. <laughs> okay. Uh, uh, Hotel Alpha Papa over here, and uh, to my left is uh, Delta Charlie uh, Echo. All right, we did it all. We we said the names. We did a little bit. Should we say yeah. the names of the movies we're covering today? X Men: Days of Future Past and X Men: Apocalypse. The two most recent X-Men blockbusters. Yeah, and I believe we come at these uh, very similarly. Uh, we've only each had seen them once in the theater, and I believe we each had a similar opinion uh, of both of them. So I didn't see, see Apocalypse in the theater. Oh, okay, but you did see it just once. And you know what? Can I tell you, my my memory of Apocalypse is so hazy that this was when I still did, like, Netflix DVD rentals, Henry. 
Yeah, and I, I, yeah. yeah, I know. And so I had rented X-Men Apocalypse. And then probably like four months later, I put it back on my queue. Because <laughs> I, I had just completely forgotten that I'd watched it. Right. Wow. Yeah. 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 Well, you know, I don't want to spoil too much, but I, I get it. I get it. I mean, you, you didn't remember that you'd even seen it. No. Okay. But I've well, I've done that with a million movies, not necessarily through Netflix DVD, but but I that mean, even... fast, and it's an X Men movie. Like I literally just couldn't search my brain. I have no memory of seeing the last X Men movie. Did it ring a bell once it sort of came on? Not at first. Yeah. Honestly, like I didn't remember sitting through the apocalypse shit. It yeah. must have been something else, like an actor, like maybe when Ty Sheridan showed up. I, was I like, think you're right because you're the one who, oddly, I don't know, you, you corrected me, and when I thought he showed up in Days of Future Past, you were like, "No, uh, that's Apocalypse," and you said it with certainty, so something stuck. Yeah, I was correct about that. Thank you very much. Yeah, you were. Mm-hmm. I just know that, like. Ty Sheridan and Sophie Turner were introduced in a movie I didn't care about. That's that's my memory. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, but first was Days the of Future Past. Sophie Turner. Oh, my God, dude. All right. Yeah? Oh, good. Okay. Good. Uh, all right, I'm, I'm, I'm happy to hear it. Me, too. God, yeah. I was worried about that one. Uh, okay, Days of Future Past comes out. Uh, so this is 2014. So the Wolverine was the previous year, and First Class is the Magic three years ago. That's right. Right, right. That's right. Okay, so Lauren Schuler Donner pitched this film. Very uh, famous producer. Of course, and she uh, pitched uh, specifically Days of Future Past because it's a very famous X-Men storyline, probably the second most famous X-Men storyline after Dark Phoenix. You lent that to me, a uh, shortened version of it, I believe. It's like not that. a shortened version of it. People oh, don't Yeah, people don't remember. Like it's this total classic storyline, but it's not one of like Chris Claremont's big epics. It's a two-issue storyline. Oh, all right. Then I read the whole thing. That was it. Okay. Yeah. 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 And so um of course, they're going to do it, but this would mean not only do we have to bring back the newer cast of people, um, which is not a big deal because they all signed deals for like three movies. Okay. But all of the older cast of people's deals ran out after The Last Stand. Oh, all So right. all these motherfuckers got to negotiate new deals, and so they all got big raises. So that pushed the budget up on this baby. Um, Meanwhile, Matthew Vaughn was supposed to direct, but he decided to leave to do uh, Kingsman the Secret Service, um, which apparently is a fucking passion project. That's like all he makes now. Yeah, interesting. That's interesting, yeah. I mean, uh, I won't get too much into it right away, but uh, I would have liked to have seen his take on this. Me too. Uh, So... Uh, Vaughn leaves and Brian Singer steps back into the seat, baby. For the first time since X2? The first time in this franchise since X2, that's right. Wow. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, and but he's been working with them, of course. He produced First Class and has a writing credit on that. Yeah. Anyway, he comes back to direct here. Uh, Matthew Vaughn and Jane Goldman write a draft of the script when they thought Vaughn was going to direct, and Brian Singer brings in this fella Simon Kinberg. Right. And Simon Kinberg is a name we need to talk about because he eventually becomes very integral to the X-Men franchise. Uh, he, uh, uh, Deadpool, right? Well, uh, he's writing and directing the new Dark Phoenix show, dude. I mean, right. Oh, right, right, right. Okay. Yeah. Okay. All so, right. yeah. like, I mean, I don't know what the big deal is with this guy, frankly. <laughs> he seems like an okay writer, but, like, so for, um, for Days of Future Past, supposedly he got paid eight uh, or something like that. For the Days of Future Past and Apocalypse together, he got paid $8 million. It's a lot for a screenwriter. That's like a right? big-time paycheck for a screenwriter. But I don't know, like, what was so exciting? He wrote, like, the Sherlock Holmes movie. That they was a money, hit. Though. Yeah. They made Mr. Yeah. and Mrs. Smith. That's a hit. Yeah, but, I mean, he also wrote This Means War and Jumper. Like, those didn't make money. He That's wrote the hit. fucking Fantastic Four Josh Trank. Uh, hey man, one hit will do and it. And you're and just done. Three, and the three hits that you named, uh, that's enough for Hollywood to, to put But like somebody. forever? <laughs> well, no, but who knows? I mean, he might, might, he might, we not, might not be talking about him in 10, 20 years, you know. I know. I'm, all I'm saying is he's getting to make his feature directorial debut on a, the fucking Dark Phoenix saga. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fresh blood, I guess. I don't know. I don't know. They love I this mean, guy over here at 20th century. Yeah. Well, probably also maybe there's a factor of he's a, a familiar face, so he might be a little bit of reliable uh, reliability. And uh, Brian Singer is just a new go now, so uh, you know they all want. Well, of go course, with... of course. Uh, they were never going to give Singer this opportunity, but. Um... I'm surprised. I don't know, man. This Kinberg guy. I, I, I mean, they're giving him this opportunity after writing X Men Apocalypse, which like was universally lambasted. Yeah, that that's true. Yeah, that's true. I, I don't know. I don't know what to tell you. They didn't give it to to Mr. Mangold. They uh, no, of course not. They could have. I mean, although that would have been a tricky. He would have been just off of Wolverine. I don't know. I think Logan was already in discussions at that stage. So and he was already, yeah. Yeah, so they were in development on that. Um, it'd be interesting to see that dude direct an X-Men movie, though. Yeah, like with all the people in it. Yeah, sure. yeah. Absolutely. Anyway, so this movie comes out May twenty third, 2014, on a massive budget of $205 million. My lord. Yeah, uh, but it's the highest grossing X-Men movie. Um, if you don't count Deadpool, right? Isn't that crazy? That is crazy, actually. So that I mean, that doesn't surprise me. Deadpool's none uh, of these fucking movies made as much money as Deadpool. Yeah, that doesn't surprise me. But I, I am surprised that that Days of Future Past it was the biggest. I, I find that odd. I, 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 I first class sort of, got people yeah. back on board, man. And then yeah, uh, they yeah. came to the theaters and days of future past a little bit of a name brand. All the nerds that might've been skipping the last couple are back out for this one. 
Do the nerds skip anything? I think they do. Nerds yeah. are stubborn. It's true. Yeah. 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 Anyway. Um, well, a- as we discussed pre- last week, I-, I came back to the franchise by uh, this time to see stuff in theater. So I've seen them. Uh, all of them. So, yeah. I don't know. I guess I'm a nerd, too. Uh, um, Henry, this movie was nominated for an Academy Award. Was it really? Yeah. I think it's the first X-Men movie to be nominated for one of these great awards. It has to be. We haven't. I haven't had to have the frustrating experience of pulling that uh, theme up in a, in a while. Um, so I'll, I'll do so. How does that sound, Dan? Oh, I hate you. How does that sound to you? I'm just watching like a... him. He's on video right now. I'm just watching him flip around on his phone with his little baby headphones on. <laughs> <laughs> baby headphones? Yeah, his little oh. skull cap. Oh, you want to hear the uh, ad before it? Yeah. That's all right. All right. Nominated for Special effects. Is that it? Yeah. And I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry they lost to Interstellar. Okay. Oh. Well, you know, I gotta say that that's a that's fine, but the effects in this movie are are very good. The effects in this movie, yeah, they're solid, but like unspectacular. Uh, they're inventive. Like I, what? I, like, the again, I've said this before about this franchise, but it seems to be like they get, like, I think we said it with the the Wolverine, uh, they get inventive with the character's powers, and when they do it, it's pulled off well. It looks, it looks good. So, you know. Yeah, that's true. Some of the future fight scenes were pretty exciting. Yeah, they were. Well, and, and that Magneto... Uh, getting Wolverine trapped in those iron bars, that was pretty fucking cool. I yeah. mean, that was pretty impressive. Uh, we'll you, get there. That was at the end when he throws him into, like, the pool? Yeah. All the right. Potom- <laughs> the Potomac. <laughs> <laughs> the Potomac pool. <laughs> the world-famous pool in Washington, D.C. <laughs> that is a big pool, my friend. Yeah, surfs up. The one where George Washington used to roam around. All right, the outdoor swampy pool. (laughs) All right, Uh, all right. Anyway, so what am I talking about here? Oh, Henry, this was also nominated for an MTV Movie Award. Uh, Peter Dinklage, he was nominated for Best Villain. Aw, good for him. <laughs> Aw! That came out wrong. That was not great. That... <laughs> he's, a, he's a human man. <laughs> Dude. I, uh... I uh, I didn't mean it. Like that. Uh, 
That was just uh, <clears throat> I I thought he meant somebody else. I... No, Peter Dinklage. He uh, got nominated for best villain, and he lost to Meryl Streep for Into the Woods. Oh man! Oh, oh. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, this movie did very well. It came in at number nine at the box office for the year between Maleficent and Big Hero 6. I'd like to hear yours and my top ten lists from that year. Yeah, we'll do it. We also, by the way, ladies and gentlemen, have Hugh Jackman ratings. Oh, uh, shit. Yeah. Well, we can do this list first. And let's then do Jackman. this list, then let's do Jackman, and then okay. we'll talk about the movie. All right. All right. All right, I have a few nominable mentions. Fine. Uh, uh, the Equalizer. Oh. The Grand Budapest Hotel. It follows the edge of tomorrow. Dawn of the Planet of the Apes. Okay? I, I have more, but I'll stop. Most of them are on my list, so you didn't need to give him the name check. Okay. <clears throat> all right, all right, all right. What's your number 10? Number 10, Interstellar. All right. My number 10 is the Grand Budapest Hotel. All right. My number 9, Inherent Vice. My number 9 is Edge of Tomorrow. The only time, folks, you'll ever hear Dan make that pronouncement. (laughs) Make that disparaging noise about a P.T. Anderson film. Yeah. 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 Um, All right. My number 8 is The Babadook. My number eight is Happy Christmas. And I prefer the proper pronunciation, the Babadook, because it's supposed to rhyme with fucking book in that movie. Right, right. I Because there's the way the Australians pronounce it and there's the way the Americans pronounce it, and I can never remember, you know, the exact proper, but you, you're right. I Well, I remember when that movie came out, everyone was talking about it. It was like a popular movie, and people were all referring to it as the Babadook. And then I saw it, and they consistently say Babadook. I haven't seen it in a while, so, all right. Do do they? (laughs) The The Babadook. All right, that's number eight. What's your number eight? Uh, Happy Christmas. What's your number seven? The Drop. My number seven is Nightcrawler. Oh, not nice to that X-Men character. Number six, another character, Whiplash. Mm, My number six is Snowpiercer. That's right, and here we go. Over years, these are the grand slams, the slap shots, the three-pointers, the touchdowns, the curling when the puck gets close to the circle. These are the heavy hitters of the franchise, heavy hitters. And surely this is another character in a Smallville episode. Uh, number five, Mr. Turner. And my number five is Gone Girl, and I'd thank you not to call me Shirley. <laughs> my number four, uh, I'll need help with the title, uh, is Birdman. Uh, or the uh, expected... The unexpected virtue of ignorance. Ignorance, number four. Great yeah. movie. My yes. number four is The One I Love. All right. My number three is A Most Wanted Man. My number three is It Follows. My number two movie is Gone Girl. My number two is Whiplash. 
And my number, uh, Ernst, is the Nightcrawler. Okay, and my number one is Boyhood, the best movie of that year. Yeah, right. We don't have uh, much in common on 2014. No, we don't coalesce that year, Henry. We got like two. The same, yeah. So we ranked um, Hugh Jackman movies. And here's yeah. what you won't realize. Most of his movies, he's just playing the Wolverine. Yeah, I know. So I included the ones with cameos. I pulled the Dan. I wasn't gonna, but... This is like sort of like spoilers on our X-Men rankings for next episode. Well, not, not really for me. No, not for me. I, I had to do a balance of... Cameos meaningless, but putting them everything above X three. So, <laughs> okay. Well, let's see. How many uh, have you seen? Thirteen. Oh God. What? Well, how many have you seen? Twenty one. You're fucking nuts. Oh my God. We're gonna be doing fast bender, man. All right. Twenty one Hugh Jackman movies ranked. <laughs> I'll be back in a little bit. No. All right. 21, the worst Hugh Jackman movie, dude. All right. Van Helsing. Never saw it. So yeah. bad. It's Has trying to be, like, respectful to the Universal Monster movies, but everything in it just looks like trash. <laughs> um, my number 20, a movie that I super-duper hated um, that was nominated for a lot of Oscars, is Les Miserables. Oh, I... I wouldn't have seen that if you gave me two free passes to five other movies. <laughs> okay. Uh, it's worth it for Russell Crowe. My, <laughs> my number 19, Henry, is a, a real cyber hacker thriller. And, bro, if you go see this movie, Halle Berry's boobs come out. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I didn't see this. Swordfish. All right, my number 18, as reference on our James Mangold ranking, is Kate and Leopold. All right, another one I didn't see. My right. number 17 is a piece of shit called X-Men, The Last Stand. Wow, so that's better than all those other ones. All right. Yeah. That's hard <laughs> to believe. I know. My, I feel like Van Van Helsing has to be entertaining in a bad way. It might be. It might be now because now, like the special effects are even worse because they're dated. Also, yeah. <laughs> anyway. I didn't hear that last part. Yeah, go ahead. Oh, okay. My number sixteen is Deadpool two. Oh, I didn't include Deadpool. Oh, I thought you said you included cameos and shit. In X-Men movies, man. This is a kind of an X-Men movie. Yeah, no, you're fair enough. I, 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 I didn't do that, but that's okay. Okay. Uh, so then I've seen 15, whatever. My uh, number I, 15 is the Ashley Judd rom-com, Someone Like You. I have seen that. Okay. Uh, mine, wait, is this where you come in, number 14? No, 13. Okay, my number 14 is his recent political film the front runner i wanted to see that because uh of my bent towards political movies and i like this the whole story of gary hart but i just it did not look it did not look good and was i right 
Yeah, the movie's not good. The story was. I felt like I would have been better off reading the Wikipedia entry on it. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. All right. I'll skip it. I mean, I probably wasn't going to see it anyway, but you're the only person I know who saw it. So. Yeah, I checked it out, dude, but I'd only give it like a two. What's 13 on your list? I remember watching this in college. It was on HBO. I was kind of in love with Ashley Judd. I figured, oh, well, someone like you is a piece of shite. Here's the two things I remember about that movie. And one of them has nothing to do with the movie. So at one point, Ashley Judd is bouncing around wearing a men's shirt and purple underwear. And that stuck with me, Henry. I can imagine. And the other thing I remember is that the original title of the movie was Animal Husbandry. <laughs> oh, isn't that a book? Yeah, that it's based on that book. Oh, wow. I forgot about that. And then oh like the God. studio people, even though that book was a huge hit, because their idiots got scared and they were like, you better change the title to something people will get. Here's three rom-com words strung together. Someone like you. Uh, it's called The Philosopher's Stone. Let's <laughs> go with, uh, I don't know, Sorcerer, maybe. They know what that is. I don't know. Okay. All right, what's 13 for you? X-Men Apocalypse. Whoa. Uh, okay. Number 12 in the second worst Hugh Jackman movie is X-Men 3, The Last Stand. Okay, my number 12 is X-Men Origins, Wolverine. Oh, all right. My number 10 is 11. X-Men. My number 11 is <laughs> Apoc- X-Men Apocalypse. Okay, my number 11 is Happy Feet. You saw that. <laughs> yeah. Right. You know what's crazy? You know what's crazy about me, Henry? You- your movie-going choices? That Remember that year there were two cartoons about penguins dancing? What, One what was year called was that? 2006, I think. So there was Happy Feet and Surf's Up. There were the two competing penguins dancing movies, and I saw both of them, baby. Yeah, of course. Surf's All Up right. was better. I, I'll take your word for it. And, but Happy Feet was directed by George Miller. I remember that. That's yeah. right. That's right. I think that Mad, might be why I saw it. Mad Max George Miller. Yeah. That's right. All right. Uh, my Top number ten. ten is, and this is more because he's barely in it but uh, and not affecting my X-Men ranks. X-Men first class. My number 10, and I believe this will be high on your list, Henry, is uh, The Fountain. Okay. Interesting. That's your number 10? Yes. All right. My number 9 is X-Men Origins Wolverine. Okay, my number nine is a Woody Allen feature film called Scoop. Oh, my God. I was out by that point, so I didn't see it. <laughs> it's not a bad one. No? No, it's got its moments. Scar Joe's in there. Yeah. All right. Ooh, did you see Endgame yet? Yes. You did? I did. Yeah. All right, me too. Me too. Oh, you did? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay. All right. All right, everyone has to wait. Yeah, we're doing it next week. Okay, 
We'll gather our thoughts. All right, what are you up to? Nine, we did. What's your eight? Uh, the Fountain. Okay, mine is X-Men. Oh, all right. Number, my number seven. S- seven is The Wolverine. All right, my number seven is Christopher Nolan's The Prestige. Too low. Uh, <laughs> especially for Jack Jackson. All right. Number six, X-Men, Days of Future Past. All right, my number six is The Wolverine. All right. Number five. Heavy hitters. That's right. The one that started it all for old Hugh, X-Men. All right, my number five is Days of Future Past. Kind of similar lists here. Uh, My number four is X-2. My number four is X-Men First Class. I admire the choice, uh, if not the idea. All right. My number three is The Prestige. Okay. My number three is Logan. Wow. All right. A lot of divergence here, probably. The number two best Hugh Jackman uh, performance and probably movie is Prisoners. My number two is also Prisoners. Look at that. All right. And so far, until next week, the number one Hugh Jackman movie is absolutely Logan. And I put X2. I thought you might. All right. That's true. Yeah, yeah. Daniel's list is better, Wolverine. (laughs) It's the DCO and the HHO. That's right. Thank you. Okay, Days of Future Past, man. Let's talk about it. All right. It starts off, 20th Century Fox logo comes up. What's that? They throw a little X-Men score in there? Yeah, we're, but we, we, we are not, speaking of Jackmans, he's gone, Henry Jackman. Yeah, we so, brought John uh, Ottman back. Yeah. To do the, his the, serviceable job. Exactly. Mm-hmm. It is. It's so serviceable that I almost don't want to knock it. It's not worth knocking. It's. It's totally fine. But, boy, I thought. I thought of how you. You know, remarked on that mag. Uh, Magneto theme, and I was sad that that was gone. I know. Much. What the fuck, man? The scores in these movies are boring, except for First Class. I agree. Um, did you see yeah. that? I'm not. I wasn't done with the 20th Century Fox logo, Henry. Did you happen to notice that when the 20th Century Fox logo went away, the X was remaining upon the... Yeah, and then we get... Boy, you know, we can count on Singer for one thing. Those credits are now starting to annoy me. They're terrible because, I don't know, there's something about Brian Singer where he made those first two X-Men movies and now he's back. He's the he's the general. He's returning home. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Because uh, we di- we didn't have those for uh, a few movies. No, no, uh, we had developed a new exciting aesthetic with the last movie. We were going to do a new thing with this franchise, and then old old Bri Bri is coming back. He and he's like, listen, 
Everything in my two X-Men movies is iconic and worth right. doing again. And so including my David Fincher credits, yeah. Including my shitty fucking credits, which look even worse in 2014. They really do. You're right because you could at least contextualize the first two and be like, oh, "Okay, you know, effects are effects in 2000, 2000." But now no excuse. I hated yeah. them even more in Apocalypse, dude, and we'll get to that. Yeah. Yuck. Okay. <laughs> so are we starting in the future? Is that what's going on here? Yeah, we're in 2023. Is that what it says? I, you know, I, I gave up a long time ago, trying, but I can't stop when I'm watching the movies trying to calculate everybody's age. So in, it, listen, to- man, in 2000, we were told that that movie took place the near future, Okay. And we thought that might mean like 20 years or something. No, it was probably more like 2001. Because now it's 2023 and we're treating it like this it's this distant fucking post-apocalyptic future. I, I don't know. I, you know what it is? I, I think they did it now looking at the plot explanation. Since the past is 1973, could that be because that's like 50 years and they just want to do an even 50 years back? Probably. I mean, that's the uh, Back to the Future special. Or no, right. it was 30 years. In that. Right. But, um, yeah, I, I mean, I, I don't know what they were thinking, really. With with uh, Why would they even need to say 2023? <laughs> why couldn't they just say, like, crazy future world? <laughs> Yeah, they don't even need to say anything. Just show that what's going on, like the 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 shots of what's gone on in the world, are probably enough. Yeah, show you know? Hugh Jackman with his stupid little grays on the side of his head, and and people will understand what's going on. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, I mean, you don't really need it, but we really want to label these uh, a lot. So fine. So, so yeah. yeah, we're getting sentinel attacks. Sentinel attacks. This part is pretty. Baller. I remember having similarly nerding out feelings as to what I talked about when Nightcrawler was like teleporting around yeah. the White House. Seeing like future X-Men with like Kitty Pride involved, like beaten down on Sentinels. And they look yeah. like fucking Nimrod Sentinels, which will mean nothing to nobody except for like. Or me. Four X-Men weirdos in the audience. Yeah, because I only remember when they go in the past, I'm like, oh, yeah, that's what Sentinels look like. Yeah, yeah. But, but these ones, I don't know. I haven't read. I don't think I've seen these. They're I've Nimrods. No God. big deal. Uh, <laughs> we've spent a lot of time in X-Men comics in, like, post-apocalyptic futures. So these post-apocalyptic futures are very fleshed out. Okay. Uh, and we're including like a thousand new X Men, right? Like, can you remember anyone that's out there in the future world? Well, I was uh, assuming, oddly, and I think correctly, that from first class, not a new one, but is is that Pyro? No, that was Sunspot. Okay. Yeah, he's from what? the the New Mutants. I see. Um, th- but yeah. yeah, there was Bishop out there, you know, like had, putting force into his big gun. Bishop, yeah, yeah. from from Aliens. No, Bishop's an X Men character. Oh, all right, okay. Yeah, yeah. Although from post Alien, it very well might be an Alien <laughs> reference. 
There you go. Um, and we got Blink, Warpath. How about Blink, man? Bing Bing fan. You're not going to see her in another X-Men movie. Or as the Wikipedia page says, fan Bing Bing. Okay, but do you know about her situation? Oh, no. Is this going to be upsetting? <laughs> no, no. Okay. It is great, dude. She got caught on some fucking crazy like tax evasion in China. Okay. And she's like in jail over there now. Oh, th- this is this is not in the future past. This no, 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 like in real life. In 2023. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, yeah. Fan Bing Bing. She's over there in in prison. In some Chinese shithole. Oh my <laughs> god. Yeah. No, no, uh, no. Not a good country to get caught on tax evasion. Here, it's like a Nordic prison. It's it's a palace, but uh, oh boy, yeah. that's not good. Good point. We also get to see like. Um, Iceman, remember you were like, when are we going to see him on, like, ice ramps? Fucking A. Yeah, yes, he's doing it. See it. Yeah, no, we get a, a nice display of people's powers. I, I actually am glad you finally uh, told me about Mr. Boo Boo Stewart uh, and his powers because I couldn't figure them out. Uh, he just seems to power up lasers and then get teleported around. Who by are you talking about? That's not Boo Boo Stewart. That's Warpath. Boo Boo Stewart plays Warpath. I'm talking about Bishop. Oh, I'm sorry. You just said that's right. Warpath is the guy with the paint over his eyes. Yeah, yeah. 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 He's a Native American fella, and he's in the X Force. And he, it's he, he's just like, he's got one of those like juggernaut powers. He'll like run into you real fast. <laughs> that's it. Just yeah. whack you with his head. That's Bing Bing and Boo Boo. Blink, she, Bing Bing fan. She. <laughs> makes portals um and they, yeah, well that's useful and they yeah. recast her on that show the gifted um and then oh. there's uh bishop he's the one with the gun right he right. powers up the Got gun it. with the Got force it. of other people's energy okay put yeah yeah did you get that reference What'd you say? You cut out for a second there, buddy. I said, push it, Bishop. No, what is that a reference to? Uh, that's Aliens. Oh, I don't know references. Henry, no. this movie, they're in the future, and they've got to send someone to the past to prevent the future from ever happening. They see the point of the future changing being mystique going uh, and murdering Bolivar Trask, the creator of the Sentinels, which creates yeah. a wave of anti-mutant panic in America. Yes. Um, yes. Now, of course, Days of Future Past is also a brilliant choice for an X-Men movie in 2014 because it has the added bonus of being kind of a major Mystique storyline, and we have Jennifer Lawrence playing Mystique. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and I, I will say for the record, uh, I did agree with you that she's great in first class. She is much better in this movie. Uh, she's I, got I, the I confidence her... of a movie star in this one. Well, she's just she's more emotive. She's less of a statue in this. Uh, I, it's not just what they give her to do. I just thought she was more into it. You know, she looked more sure-footed. You know, it yeah. was it fit her. It fit her more. You know. It's true. They also put they changed all the makeup on her 
to fit her. They were like using the model of Rebecca Romaine still in first class. Oh, okay. All right. I didn't know that. Yeah, right. bro. Um, so who are we going to send back in time? Oh, of course, it's Wolverine because he's the only X-Man anyone could care about. Um, well, yeah, for sure. But I like the little logic that they used there. No, it makes uh, sense. You know? But but let's be honest here. Uh, in the comic, it's Kitty Pride that goes back in time. Uh, we have Ellen Page. She's an Academy Award nominee by this point. That would have been a perfectly nice story to tell on screen but no it's ah. gotta be wolverine uh-uh bub yeah, yeah. so we yeah, sent him is... back yeah yes and yeah, it's the 1970s yeah he wakes up it's... in bed post bone and he uh we see his butt full butt jackman yeah, I knew that was coming. This because, you know, guy's Brian body Turner. is unreal, though. <laughs> yeah, right. He's continuing from uh, from the Wolverine, where he's just ridiculously Jackman. He up. looks yeah. incredible. Yeah, I'm telling you. All right, so I love this establishing shot with him waking up and seeing the um, uh, lava lamp and lava. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And he pops his claws in their bones. Very cool. That yeah. was cool, too. Confusing uh, in terms of timelines again, but that's okay. Well, it's very confusing c thinking about when Days of Future Past happens compared to X-Men Origins Wolverine. Exactly. That yeah, is yeah. impossible to reconcile. It really is, because I I'm thinking a lot. Like I was trying to be like, wait, wait, wait. When does the majority of origins take place? And then I was like, oh yeah, I guess it does take place in the mid seventies. You don't know that, he... man. It's I feel like X Men Origins Wolverine. Well, it has to be post Vietnam, right? Right. So mid seventies. So mid seventies to late seventies. So that has to be after this. Oh, that actually makes sense, dude. Right, but Striker is like. <laughs> A, a young young man in this and and in the origins he is not he's danny fucking houston so uh whatever it, 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 is it he a different matter. actor in this we've now had fucking three different actors play this striker fella yeah he's the third and last i believe he's in both this and apocalypse but uh, yeah he's the third one uh just de-age me wolverine Brian this argument too, right? He wanted to come back for this. Why isn't anyone hiring? <laughs> I'm available. All right. Um, so what happens? He goes to find um, Magneto, and it's really like a quest from this point out. He's he's uh, he's back there. He thinks he needs Wolverine. He needs uh, Magneto and Xavier in order to. Um, go convince Mystique. Right. right. That's right. That's right. So, uh, so, all, yeah. so all that's left to do is have Wolverine go find Xavier and then have him go find Magneto and then talk to fucking Mystique. Like, the rest of the movie's figured out for you, dude. Yeah, it's true, which I, I liked because it's already, you know, with the timelines, it, it's already, a, it's not that convoluted. They do a pretty good job. 
but that's totally it. You're right. And, and uh, along the way, we get uh, an excellent, broken-down James McAvoy. That, yeah. I mean, I've tried to avoid those puns, Deadpool, but, uh, <laughs> you know, we can, we can keep doing it. But it can get exhausting. Mm. So, yeah, McAvoy's all bummed, and um, he's also, like, walking again, which I think, like, undercuts that moment that I liked so much at the end of First Class. Right, because this is the first time we've seen him since, but I think it's, I don't know, you think it undercuts it? I think it does a little bit. Why? Because then we see him get, like, even more crushed at the end of this movie. So they just brought back his legs so they could re-crush him. Yeah. Um, um, yeah, he's taking Hank's serum. He loses his powers of mind but gains his powers of leg. So, uh, yeah, and he's a lost cause. I didn't remember. I You know, I'd only seen this once, but I didn't remember that basically they explained that why he's so crushed isn't just because of, you know, like losing – Raven and losing uh, uh, Magneto as buddies. It's the Vietnam War has drafted a lot of the students out of his school. Apparently, all of the X Men. <laughs> Every one of them, actually, yeah, yeah, because it's just him and Hank in the in the in the house. So that's yeah. their that. It's such a weird explanation, Henry. Every character yeah. you're like wondering about from the last movie, like, so where's Havoc? Oh, drafted Vietnam War. Right, no. <laughs> drafted or, or killed by trash anyone you're other. wondering about yeah easy explanation mm-hmm. where's easy. azazel oh he got drafted azazel well, no, got... azazel got his draft card <laughs> okay he he tried to get in the national guard but he didn't have enough connections so he he got shipped over yeah Mm, he teleported over. Um, That's right. Uh, uh, Azazel Johnson. Aaron <laughs> Azazel Johnson here. It's pronounced. For, it's pronounced Azazel Johnson. It's pronounced a Azazel Rochmanichin. Sir Havoc Jackson. Sir Havoc Jackson. His name is Alex Summers, Henry. How Sir dare you? They're Havoc Summers. Henry, where are we here? Who knows? Uh, the, we're we're going to get oh, the right prison to- break. We do the big prison break with uh, Evan Peters. We do this thing first. Yes, let's find Evan Peters first. Right, right. We have to find Evan Peters. He's at his, where do we find him? His mom's? Out in his uh, in Magneto's ex girlfriend's house, right? Right, of course. Evan Peters, the MVP of the movie. Oh, really? Even though he's only in like a couple scenes, doesn't matter. He, he, he's a scene stealer. Uh, he and oddly, this is the same year that his character was also in Avengers Age of Ultron. And uh, ain't no comparison of Quicksilver's, my friend, as it, you well know. It really is true. It's like the only time Marvel Studios went up against another uh, company with using the same character. And in this case, Marvel Studios got fucking beat. And they just yeah, like unceremoniously killed off their Quicksilver. And they're like, X-Men, you got this one. 
Yeah, that's true. Uh, yeah, he's great. I was having a, a tough time towards the end with my MVP because I was going Jennifer Lawrence. So it's a little pain. It's paining me a little bit. But, uh, you know, Evan Peters is fucking great, man. Yeah, I want to like, talk about it some more, but uh, that's a very viable choice. I've been a fan of that dude for longer than most people. So I feel a sense of ownership over Evan Peters. What else have you known him from? Because I don't know that I have. Um, well, I was into this show called Invasion all the way back in the year 2007. And, okay. And uh, there he was over there. Oh. Um, but, I mean, like most people now know him for American Horror Story, I think. Oh, I don't watch that. Yeah, yeah he's in like every season of that. And, and I love him on that show, Pose. Don't know it. That's one of my favorite shows on TV, man. Pose. It's about like the um, New York City transgender scene in the late 80s. Okay. All right. All right. It's super good. I'm um, waiting for the Philip Roth, David Simon project on HBO. Oh, you decided there's one television program that's going to come up at some point. You're going to watch that one. Yeah, that that's my one. Okay. Yeah. Great. That's all I watch. That's it. That's it. So we. I'm down to Philip Roth adaptations. <laughs> so that fucking Quicksilver scene where it's basically just a power demonstration is a really fucking cool power demonstration. It's a. It's honestly, this is probably why it was nominated for best visual effects. Because yeah, they're it's really, really super good. inventive. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I, I agree. Yeah, I mean, everyone was talking yeah, about this. It really engine. captured the zeitgeist, this scene, in a way that not a lot of movies have. Yeah, it's not just the, like, sequence where he slows things down, which he also does in Apocalypse, but it's also just, like, the way they depict him running. You know, we've seen that, uh, obviously, awfully in The Flash, in Justice League, we saw it in Avengers Age of Ultron. It's kind of done a lot the same way. Uh, it's whenever Superman has to run fast. But this is just very cool. It's just, he's almost like a teleporter, but it's just done slightly differently. So it's very cool. Yeah, but it makes sense. And you, and it yeah. adds clarity to, to the scene. It's, it's a way of showing a really fast character at slow speed where it's not just a dude running slowly and boringly. It's, it's showing yeah. every piece of what this character can do. And it really yes. it puts the character over, bro. Yeah, you're right. You're right. So they grab him. And then they do. They go to uh, what the Pentagon to, yes, to break. Yeah, they out. break into the Pentagon and get Magneto out of jail. Hello. So, <laughs> yeah, we had to switch recording methods. The it's getting stormy out there, and Henry's internet went out. Yeah, so I'm uh, doing a little my little fail safe, which hopefully will be good enough for this week. All right. H-Dog, uh, you were very excited about all the political content in X-Men First Class. How would you feel about uh, straight-up Richard Nixon being one of the characters in this movie? I'm pretty dumb. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I think that was a misstep. Uh, I think it, it was uh, way too cartoony. I think First Class 
did a much better job of just keeping the president sort of off camera. And when then when showing him just using the real footage, I think it was much better to have like some surrogate people. Rather you know, than an it, actor with jowls pasted onto him. Yeah, it was really bad. Yeah, I think that was the other thing, right? It was almost like they hired some fucking uh, guy on a Hollywood corner who does Nixon impersonations. I mean, it was it was really bad. Yeah, I mean, we could have we should have just gotten Michael Ironside back. <laughs> he could have done it. There you go. I mean, you can, there's a million options for that. I, I don't know. That was I didn't think that would bother me at all. I didn't even remember, you know. But it's it's pretty dumb. It's so I don't it's know. definitely yeah. a stupid touch. Yeah, it's not necessary. I mean, you can just have the president. You can you can have like the secretary of defense or some bullshit be the guy that's going to be killed or something. You don't need to. I don't know. Silly, silly, yeah. silly. Uh, what'd you think of uh, Dinklage as Bolivar Trask? Uh, I thought he was great. I I, I kind of wish he would have been on there a little bit more. I felt uh, the same way. It, it would have been nice because this movie doesn't really have in, in a villain. Because you're supposed to feel for Mystique and understand why she's doing what she's doing. And so, like, the villain in this movie is the sort of nebulous idea of the future. Yeah, you're right. And yeah. and so and it's, 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 it's nice that Peter Dinklage walking around is like a heel, but it would have been nicer if he had a bigger role and could actually be the villain of the piece. I agree, because in every scene he's in, he's, he's excellent, uh, and and I don't... I, it was a very strange idea to sort of not flesh him out a little bit better. Um, I didn't remember thinking that the first time, but upon this watching, uh, it really, I really noticed it. Um, so I thought it was really charming watching the guy act. You know, doing his thing. He's just down there doing his thing. Oh man! Uh, what I'm, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm reading from your notes, Henry. I appreciate that. I appreciate mm-hmm. that. You're trying to help me out. You're trying to salvage my my <laughs> by me being even worse. Yeah, I mean that's that's what a friend does. I mm. appreciate that. Yeah. Although then you said it was from my notes, so yeah, 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 yeah. What else do I have marked in my notes there about uh, Peter Dinklage? Um, I see here that you gave this movie a four. That's interesting. Hmm. Hmm. Interesting. <laughs> Ooh. Well, we are going to find out. Dan doesn't really have my notes, everybody. We're just playing a little game. It's it's a bit. We'll see how accurate he is. You know what? What's funny, Dan? Tell me. I I happen to have your notes here, too. Oh, what do they say? Well, uh, I mean, it it says uh, a three. Uh, It looked like you had written four and then crossed it out. (laughs) Three. Uh, so that was interesting to me. Um, but, uh, yeah. And, and then under Peter Dinklage, you wrote, I can't believe they hired an actual midget for the movie. I don't know why you would write something like that. I didn't, I would never hire, I would never, I would never hire a midget. No, I would never (laughs) write that because Bolivar Trask isn't even a dwarf. He is a full-size man, and it's it's uh, size-blind casting. Mm-hmm. It, size-blind? <laughs> is it uh, colorblind, too? Should it have been Bill Duke? A very little Bill. They should have, like, miniaturized Bill Duke. 
<laughs> Made make Bill Duke be like Ant Man or something. Tiny <laughs> Bill Duke. He could be Goliath, dude. There you go. Listen. No, we already we already have Goliath. Remember that's uh We do Larry Fish in La- Larry Fishburne. Oh, in, you're uh, right. It's Larry Fishburne and Ant Man as well as the Wasp. Right. Uh, which turned out to be a very important movie <laughs> to the plot of Avengers Endgame. It certainly did. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Oh, spoilers, spoilers. Um, Don't say anything. Yeah, yeah. Henry, um, what do you got for the rest of this movie? There's the big confrontation over there at the White House, the White House, and I enjoyed the way they handled that, and Magneto's pretty cr- baller in that scene. That was probably Fastbender's best bit of the that movie. That was awesome. Yeah, he's lifting up RFK Stadium. That's pretty fucking cool. Uh, I thought the, the uh, back and forth between the events of the future and the past were genuinely uh, tense. Uh, I really like that. Agreed. Uh, I particularly thought that um, Ellen Page was good again. And I also, I mean, having Patrick Stewart back with Ian McKellen really means something. I agree. That was cool. That is also for our audience. If you haven't seen the X-Men films or you're watching them along with us or you plan to, that is the first time we get in the same movie. The uh, for real, for real, like uh, the old versions of Magneto and uh, Xavier and the uh, young ones. And that was pretty neat to see them. And it kind of fits seamlessly. You don't you don't really have a moment where you're going. I can't believe they aged into that or that's not what they would look like when they were younger. You know what I mean? I think it's probably the very good acting. too. I think McAvoy had a couple line deliveries where it was a little Patrick Stewarty, and Uh and I was thinking he might be stewarding this line delivery up a little bit because he has to match with him in this movie. That's interesting. I didn't get that, but sure. Stewarding up the line, you said? Yeah, yeah. And uh, I I feel like Fastbender didn't give a shit. <laughs> he was just doing his own thing, which was fine. Michael Fastbender, yeah, yeah. He he again is is awesome. I I hadn't remembered him being in this so much, uh, and he really is. And uh, the movie also, let's not forget, uh, just like First Class, it has a good sense of humor, uh, a lot more than our next movie. Uh, but uh, yeah, mm, the, the yeah. Joke, are funny they're they're good some good uh asides uh, i mean that's a that's a good point and and that's a thing the x-men comics have gotten mired in it, because days of future past is such a classic storyline they've like revisited this like awful demonic future a lot of times okay. and right. they it tends to get mired in the sadness of that i feel like the nine in the 90s like the X-Men line as a whole was just like full of characters that were just like living out the rest of their days until the future fell apart. <laughs> just very dour. Yeah. yeah. And so yeah, it, yeah. it does help for this to be funny. I mean, the Quicksilver thing just visually is, is amusing to watch. And exactly. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, it, yeah. That, that's a big part of it. And, uh, uh, so yeah, I uh, I like this movie uh, more than I remembered liking it. But I mean, I I remember seeing it in the theater, and I thought it was pretty 
pretty good, but I, I liked it more. On, on I liked one. it less than I was expecting to like it, but I oh. I still am going to give this movie a four. I think it's a strong X-Men movie. I think it's a Ooh. strong follow-up to First Class. But I think on this watch of First Class, I kind of fell so in love with the universe of that movie that I kind of did not need the Brian Singerettes to come back. Yeah, I, I'm going to pretty much agree with, with everything you said. Uh, I had been verging on five uh, for a little bit of the movie, and then I did go down to four. Uh, and a lot of that had to do with, with First Class just being so phenomenal. But I, I really don't want to take away too much from this movie. It, 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 it's very, very good. It's a, a very good, solid X-Men movie uh obviously next week we'll be ranking them all and i'm very curious to see on both our lists where this particular movie falls but uh, i i also want to say that that the the movie has like an enormous reset button ending like starting the clock over on what they did to the franchise in last stand which allows them to tell stories featuring like the adult versions of cyclops and and gene gray and all of that, all those folks, uh, even Halle Berry, and and even Kelsey Grammer. Yeah, I was sorry to see that. <laughs> I, I genuinely was. I, 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 he walks by him in the hallway, and I was like, oh, man, I, I didn't need that, you know? I know, I, was, I know. I, I felt like, the same way. <laughs> I could have really, done without that one, yeah. Give me, give me, uh, I don't know, throw uh, Clive Owen in there with some blue makeup. Who cares? Throw, I feel like we, a... we should ignore Last Stand entirely except for Ellen Page. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Uh, or, or shit, man, just put Nicholas Holt in some aging blue makeup. He's only walking by the camera. You barely Hell can yeah. All right, Who, by so the way, it's excellent in this too. Totally great. Uh, so anyway, they they rush through that at the end. They bring back all the old characters. You know, Wolverine sees Jean alive, and it's like, my love, I've missed you so much. <laughs> that was very funny. Yeah. My, t- I, I, I must. You look amazing. You, and, and and she's like, um, <laughs> we've met four times. Uh, leave me alone. <laughs> We're not star-crossed lovers. Shut up. Uh, so. Cyclops moment with uh, uh, him. That was I like that. I like that. Or he stops his hand. Whoa, buddy, what are you doing? You know, I enjoyed it too. Very Cyclopsy, and yep. uh, and then uh, so so I have a big problem with this. At the time, I was so excited about this sort of reset button ending because I hated Last Stand so much, and I loved those first two right. movies. And at the time, I didn't love First Class the way I do now. And so I was, like, super pumped about this. I was like, great, X-Men franchise back on track. Let's keep making movies with the old crew. And then... Yeah, yeah, yeah. And now I'm sort of, like, into the first-class people. But also, in hindsight, in Apocalypse, they decided to do the movie with the first-class people anyway. So what was the point of all that it yeah, was just I Brian know. Singer it's... putting his his toy back together. Yeah, <laughs> it's a good way to put it. Yeah, I know. It, 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 they're all over the place. I, I don't know. And then we get the we do get a, another stinger, which 
is truly a stinger uh, for the nerds. Uh, I, of course, when I saw this in the theater, I had no fucking clue what I was watching. Uh, X-Men nerds know that if we're seeing sand dunes, we're probably talking apocalypse. <laughs> yeah, I, I had never encountered that villain in any X-Men comic I've read, so I, I didn't even know. I didn't get it at all. But uh He's yeah. a big one. Age of Apocalypse was uh, another big 90s X-Men storyline. Um, he was very popular. And so, yeah, they set that up. I think Singer had already like locked this in. Like they'd started working on the Apocalypse script while they were working on Future Past. I figured as much because in a rare moment of X-Men continuity, it seemed like they knew what was coming next. Didn't help. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> But yeah, so four stars. Uh, my MVP is Evan Peters. Uh, I'll go Evan LVP. Peters also, dude. Okay. All I right. think that's a good call. Uh, thank you. I uh, was having a tough time with the LVP. I, I, I don't know. I, 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 I couldn't figure it out because there's really nobody that's bad in this. Um, is that true? <laughs> Ooh. In, in Days of Future Past? Okay. Yeah. You know what? Yes. Good. Yeah. You like that? Yeah. That's I, a- I mean, I'm looking at the players on the board. We we needed a new version of Toad. Yeah. That. <laughs> I thought about you when I saw that. I was like, oh, there's Dan's favorite character. Yeah. Yeah. Also, still not into um, Bobby. You know. <laughs> Oh, he was fine. He's fine, I guess. No, I'll go with Nixon as the LVP. Um, I will say we should probably mention for the nerds out there, there is a whole nother cut of this movie um, that swaps out Anna Paquin as Rogue for um, Ellen Page, I think. Swaps out Anna... You mean the other way around? No, no, no. Like, in this... And there's a cut of the movie where... Uh, Kitty Pride like can't handle the thing she's doing, and they bring in Anna Paquin to like take over. Yeah. Oh. So it's like okay. a whole subplot in the movie, like twenty Here. minutes they cut out of, with Anna Paquin. Huh. Yeah, she got the uh, the hose then because she just gets a little shot in the end. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. She but she apparently was on set for longer. Oh boy. Yeah, right. uh, so poor Anna Paquin, but uh, whatever. She, uh, Her husband's still working in the X-Men franchise over there on The Gifted. Oh, well, isn't Super- that lovely? <laughs> yeah, superhero count? Yeah, uh, sans music. Uh, sorry, folks. Right, right. Want to give me a rendition of that Superman thing? Nom, 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 nom. Pretty good. Pretty good. All right, I got a six count. I got... uh, uh, I got a uh, Peter Dinklage, of course. Oh, Infinity War. That's right. He played... uh, I don't even know how to say this name. Eetri? I don't remember. But um, he was way better in Days of Future Past than he was in that. Yeah, well... Sure. Um, Evan Peters, of course, was in Kick-Ass, which I didn't remember him and still don't remember him being He's in one of Kick-Ass's friends. 
Okay. All right. All right. Uh, oh, side note. Isn't the isn't the actor who plays Kick-Ass the other Quicksilver? You're absolutely right. Jesus. And they work together. Just occurred to me. Wow. Weird. Are you going to go back and watch Kick-Ass now and be like, look, they both played the running fast, man. Uh, not only do I talk like that uh, <laughs> when I watch Kick-Ass. Uh, sure, sure. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, now, uh, Bing Bing fan or fan <laughs> Bing Bing. Yeah. Played. Woo, she played woo. Jailbird. Am I right? Right. She. Well, I hope she uh, gets out soon because I know in China they have those short prison sentences. Uh, Wu Jiaqi in Iron Man three. Oh sure. Probably. Uh, no, she probably worked for the fake Mandarin or whatever. Yeah. Uh, Boo Boo Stewart played Warpath, uh, was in uh, cartoon Marvel Rising Secret Warriors playing a character named Exile. Mm, interesting. And, I do like the Secret Warriors. All right. <laughs> and a Spider-Man cartoon playing the villain Jack O'Lantern. That's a great I, villain. Yeah, I've actually heard of him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He's like Hobgoblin, but his head's a Jack O'Lantern. And two more. Uh, Michael Lerner, who you definitely recognize, he played Senator Brickman in this. He was like that big, fat, white-haired guy. I know Michael Lerner, of course. You would, yeah. He played a character named Ashton Ripley in the 1970s Wonder Woman Linda Carter show. And he was the original um, principal on Buffy the Vampire Slayer before he got, um, uh, you know, murdered by a pack of... um, Students possessed by hyenas. Oh, my goodness. Didn't he also play a character named Ebert in the Godzilla movie? He was, of course, Mayor Ebert in the Godzilla movie. A subtle knock to Roger Ebert or something. I fucking love that movie. Dude, Uh, I saw a trailer for this new Godzilla movie. Shit looks boring. Yeah, I did, too. I saw it. I've seen a bunch of... Oh, boy. How long was it? Well, we'll get into it next week. Yeah. And finally, the guy who played Nixon, Mark Camacho, was in Punisher War Zone, playing Pitsy. Pitsy? Yeah, you know who that is? No. All right. That's all I got. All right, bro. You want to talk about X-Men Apoc? Not really. Let's talk about Days of Future Past again. No. Apocalypse. No, let's talk about Apocalypse. Uh, 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 Yeah, go ahead. It comes to us two years later, not the magic number. Uh, no. <laughs> May 27th, 2016, on a budget of $178 million, it made $543.9 million, which is a full $200 million less than the previous movie made. Yeah, it probably had one of those big opening weekends and then just trailed off after critics got a hold of it, right? That's right. Number 17 at the box office between Star Trek Beyond and Trolls, neither of which lit the world on fire. And, Was uh, Star Trek Beyond the third one? Yes. I liked that a lot. No, I did too, but I feel like people didn't care as much. Yeah, second one turned them off. I guess, yeah. Probably right. Uh, Simon Kinberg wrote this bad boy singers back to direct. All right. You got your, uh, 2016 list somewhere. 
I do. I have a rewritten one. It's radically different, and therefore I am. I would like to read some honorable mentions, please. Yeah, go nuts. Thank you. Um, a very strange independent horror movie that I forgot I'd seen of that year, black and white horror movie called The Eyes of My Mother. That's an honorable mention. You ever heard of that? No. It's fucked up, but it's really good. I think you'd dig it. Okay. Uh, by the way, I'm watching House of the Devil. On your recommendation. You're watching it? What, you mean you're in the middle of the movie? Yeah, I, I kept, I had fell asleep when I put it on. Oh, okay. Because I put it on too late. Yeah, uh, but I'm liking it very much so far. Cool. So th thank you for that. Um, Bleed for this, Moonlight, Desierto, uh, Blair Witch. Desierto? Yeah, I believe Isn't that. Is that the one by Alfonso Cuaron's brother? Yeah, but it's really fucking good. Oh, yeah. I, I had forgotten about it. It's really good. And uh, the the new Blair Witch, which I do not understand why it wasn't more popular. I thought it was very entertaining. And you'll be happy to know, I'll just mention one more. Uh, it did get bumped for this uh, silence. Oh, good. <laughs> like the silence. My uh, honorable Henry or Captain America Civil War, Sully, Don't Breathe, Arrival, 10 Cloverfield Lane, The Shallows, and Tickled. Oh, that and The hot. Lobster. Oh, that was this year, too? Mm-hmm. Fuck. All, All right, right, what's your number 10? HM, HM for me. Number 10 is The Witch. Okay, my number 10 is Patterson. All right. My number nine is the third best Star Wars movie ever made. That is Rogue One. <laughs> God. My number nine is Nocturnal Animals. Ooh. My number eight is Captain America Civil War. My number eight is Everybody Wants Some. My number seven is another great independent horror movie called The Monster. My number seven is L. God damn it. Great movie. <laughs> yeah. Fuck. Yeah, I, I had to rush this, folks, So, but it's okay. I'm still happy with my list. Number six is Fences. My number six is Pop Star, Never Stop, Never Stopping. <laughs> Here's, uh, 10 Cloverfield Lane. My number five is Manchester by the Sea. Okay. My number four is Indignation, speaking of Philip Roth. My number four is Moonlight. All right. My number three isn't Moonlight. It's a different kind of light, Dan. It's the light between oceans. Very nice. Thank you. It's a great movie, too. Yeah. My number three is Hell or High Water. That's my number two. Okay. My number two is American Honey. Okay, all right. And the number one movie of that year, which I still haven't seen since the theater, but really would like to again, is Nocturnal Animals. And my number one is O.J. Made in America. Oh, yeah. Boy, was my list radically different than my old list because I definitely left that up there. Hell yeah, bro. I have all an right, idea. I, I did what you did. I had a brand new list. You know, I, I have an idea for the Patreon, Henry. What's that? How about, you know how we do order up? Order up? Yeah. Order up! <laughs> Devil eggs! Rupert's Cloud! Cola ice cream! Mac and cheese! 
we need to see a lot of one event in particular. So all of a sudden, in this fun fucking X-Men opening credit sequence, there it is, another big honking swastika. <laughs> God, you're right. This guy's fucking fetish with swastikas. I mean, this is... How many X-Men movies have there been now? It, has there been an X-Men movie where I don't have to look at a swastika? I would venture to say no. Uh, and if you don't want to watch that, just check out Valkyrie. Maybe I, I The Wolverine. That too. Yeah. 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 <laughs> FYI, swastikas all <laughs> over Valkyrie. Swastikas all over fucking apt pupil. Oh, right. This, this oh, guy's obsessed with oh. Nazis. I think we got another dark, dark, dark secret about Mr. Singer. Oh. What is he, fucking tape a Hitler mustache, uh, you know, onto the bottom of little boy's buttholes and pretend he's making out with Hitler? Oh, my God. I th- I, I thought you were going to mention, but you wouldn't do this because it wouldn't, it wouldn't annoy you as much as it annoys me. Uh, being an excommunicated Catholic. Excommunicated. Had to see Jesus because had had to do that, really. Yeah, oh, you were him. bummed about Jesus? Had to see had to see him carrying that cross. You know? Yeah. Oh well that's history. Dude. We were doing historical events. Yeah, that's history. Because uh-huh. we're in 3600 BCE, so right. after 3600 years, um, mm-hmm. a little baby boy is born. Right. A little but bouncing bundle of joy. It's good to know that supernatural events were were occurring before that supernatural. Maybe he was a mutant. He would have had to be to pull off what they say he did. So there you go. That's a great. Great point. We find out JFK was a mutant. We didn't talk about that. <laughs> that is true. I was uh, trying to stop the bullet, Charles. I was taken down. He was one of us. Oh, that's right. We're told that Magneto curved the bullet. That's the, the explanation for the magic bullet. But Magneto said there was another force at work. There was a second shooter. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Very audacious. Yeah, so fucking, we're we're in the uh, present or or where? I, no, we're not. We're in the nineties in this movie, eighties. Eighty three, nineteen eighty three. All right, it's eighty three. Like increments of ten. You know, we're in nineteen sixty two for first class. Then we go eleven years to seventy three. Now we're in eighty three. Yeah, so. and day and Dark Phoenix is in the nineties. I think I read that. Well, there, it has. I would think so. There you yeah. go. But anyway, in this one, it's basically the same crew, except we've got a new, young, fresh-faced Gene and Scott. That's right. And mm. uh, I think that Ty Sheridan is great as a young Cyclops. I think he has potential. I, I, I don't know. I feel like the essential Ty Sheridan-ness of him has been sapped away a little bit. Little bit, but I, 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 that's true. But I, I think he's really good. I think he's a good actor, and I think he, he gets a lot of the, uh, again, it's one, it's sort of a ball of our trask situation with him, but they do give him a lot of cool shit to do, but not a lot of great dialogue. I'm a Ty Sheridan guy. I've been on board with this fella dating back to at least Mud. Yeah, Mud and Joe. Mud and you know? Joe, right. Those two. Um, 
and I think he's fucking awesome. And so it was it's exciting for me to like see him get picked up by like mainstream Hollywood, but so far I haven't been overly impressed with what they've done with the guy. I'm worried he's gonna get Taylor Kitched. Ooh. Yeah, or not Taylor Kitsch so much because he's a he's at least been in hits. He like these, you know, fucking Ready Player One was huge. Um, maybe I'm more worried he's gonna get LaBuffed. That's a, probably a better comparison because both of them are better actors than Taylor Kitsch. And Steven Spielberg latched his butthole to them. A lot of lot of a uh, lot of cold butthole talk tonight. <laughs> sure. Um, all right, so what's going on with uh, with these fellas, Hank? Well, we meet we meet Caliban, we meet Psylocke. Oh, uh, Caliban! Yeah, basically, which was ruined for me because of 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 already seeing uh, the great uh, Stephen Merchant playing him in Logan. Oh, that's uh, right! I forgot it's the same character. Yeah, but um, well, essentially. Uh, it, this guy awakens, right? Apocalypse awakens. Apocalypse now, and uh, comes back to life. And it, it's sure, and in, in Sabanur. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna try, but I, I yeah. And, and it's really, really strange. I mean, I, I, he, it's one of those characters. We, we, this has happened before, where he he's walking around even in like the dusty sandy streets of Cairo and it it just doesn't work you got Oscar Isaac loaded down under makeup dude I mean, why I is it Oscar right. Isaac it no, is trash no. and he cannot deliver a performance under all this shit he's trying I mean he was almost my LVP uh, but that can, got trumped out. But uh, can I say yeah. one opinion about Endgame? Oh well, I don't. I mean, I don't mind. Okay. Okay, I'm just gonna relate it to X Men Apocalypse, and that is that whatever fucking performance capture technology that they are now using in those movies really fucking works, because Thanos felt like a Josh Brolin performance, and I, Hulk felt like a fucking Ruffalo performance. I'm I'm just going to agree that you are right on that point. So I'm just saying this is only 2016. There's a way yeah. to 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 really look at, if you're producing an X-Men movie, deciding to cast Oscar Isaac as the main villain in your next movie opposite fucking Michael Fassbender and James McAvoy, hey, great idea. Yeah, it's fine. But yeah. there's there's just I mean, he is swallowed up in this fucking movie. Yeah, you know it. That you're you're right. That didn't even occur to me that they could have just done a stop motion thing. They opted for the old school uh, heavy makeup thing, but uh, they seem to always go for that in these. And and sometimes it works. I'd venture to say most of the time. Uh, but th this one is just an utter failure. Um, yeah, and so he goes around, much like in first class with Xavier and Magneto recruiting, so now is Apocalypse recruiting. Right, because he's recruiting his horsemen. And the thing with the horsemen of Apocalypse in the comics is that they're basically, every time Apocalypse emerges, he picks like four random X-Men characters and brainwashes them to I be his horsemen. That. 
I didn't know that. Okay. So, I mean, that's basically what they do here. They find four random X-Men characters, but they're brainwashed for the entire movie. So, in essence, all they're doing is pulling four character designs from the comic books and introducing them in fucking that way. But I got confused now. You said he brainwashes them. I I didn't even catch that he really did that. It it seems like he they they go of their own volition, no? No, I mean you're probably right in this movie. In in the comic, I mean, look, the reason they used Angel is because one of the most famous Angel storylines is that he gets um he gets he becomes the angel of death for apocalypse and he his wings get encased in metal all right and so that's what they do in this movie which is archangel but that's only interesting if they do it to the existing character but we only set up ben foster in that third one that no one could fucking possibly want to remember and so we're going to introduce right. like a new character named Angel after we already introduced another new character named Angel like two movies ago and he's going to be your new villain except like he really all is he's just a fucking henchman with metal wings. Yeah. And and uh, it was funny you mentioned Ben Foster. It was, you know, 10 years since that for him and uh, he he had much better things to do uh, at this point in his career, so I'm really glad that he did. <laughs> oh, I mean, come on. This is the year of uh, Hell or High Water. That's right. Yeah, he's, yeah. he's off and running. He is Who taking... could ever care about playing fucking Warren Worthington third again? <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. so th- there's – and then there's Olivia Munn as Psylocke, who is fine, certainly a good visual – and she, you know, she looks the part. And uh, I mean, who I, else I does he take? No, in? You know, she was that was such a strange choice because in the comic, I've seen Psylocke, I feel like many times, but this movie uh, underutilized her whole point to the point where I couldn't even remember what her actual abilities are. And, and I still don't. She's tele- telepathic, she's got similar to Jean Grey abilities. Um, and okay. I, I mean, basically, no, she's all she's it. This is Brian Singer. He's directing again. So he's doing he's making the same mistakes he made in those first couple movies. Just bringing in character designs instead of establishing them as characters. I see. OK, very. We d- I mean, we do it a bunch in this movie. There's also like a, a Jubilee character that goes nowhere. Yeah, I I read about that. Don't remember even uh, knowing who that was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So she, because she's like part of the the crew. Like they introduce like new teen characters with Cyclops and Jean and Jubilee, and they go off to the mall. That's like the only acknowledgement that it's the eighties in this entire movie is just that they go to the mall. Yeah, the the there's a lot of problems with this movie, and I think. You know, one of them is that First Class and Days of Future Past have a lot of fun with the timelines they're in, uh, utilizing the 60s and 70s culture. This one does not utilize the 80s culture. It's also an extraordinarily generic uh, plot. I mean, we've gone from the originality of of all the all the predecessors before it i mean even even for god's sakes even x-men origins wolverine you got to give it some originality trying for some you know in the in the plot but i mean this is just your standard bad guy 
I'm going to rule the world. And I, I, I just sort of expect more. And especially well, th- that's if, I agree if, with you. Yeah. And especially if he's an integral villain in the comic. I mean, this is I mean, maybe this is what he wants to do in the comic, but maybe that's not the villain to have in a movie. I I never loved this character in the comic because this kind of is what he does in the comic. He's he's a he's a real super villain and he wants to take over the world or whatever. He's important ostensibly to X-Men mythos because he's the first mutant ever. Sure. Yeah. That said, like you know, to me in the X-Men, I really think you need a villain that connects either to the story of mutants or the idolatry of the X-Men or the metaphor of sort of X-Men as the other, you know, mutants as the other. That's right. And and Magneto obviously does that the best, but they've managed to— very good in this in this uh, load of bullshit he's surrounded by. McAvoy and Fassbender still managed to come out unscathed, in my opinion. Is this the one where Fassbender's got his family? Yes. Yeah, that and, stuff is pretty well done. I liked all of that stuff very much. Yeah, uh, me too. Have, yeah, yeah. Anyway, so you remember when we did the first X-Men movie, I was saying one of the things I've always felt about X-Men is – it feels divorced from like being in a superhero universe. I feel like it makes yeah. more sense as its own sci-fi concept than being a part of the Marvel universe. Yes, you and did. Yeah. So my problem with Apocalypse is now you're putting this is a superhero concept that you're putting onto the X-Men, which I don't think works super comfortably as a superhero story. Because of Apocalypse's presence, or or, or Apocalypse, what? Apocalypse is a supervillain bent to take over the world. Fine, that's 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 a superhero story that's worth telling. That's basically Thanos, but the X Men to yeah. me are not the characters to do that. That's not what X Men is about. Yeah, yeah, it loses a little of the intimacy in this movie, and I think that's why the sequences with um, Fassbender are so great. And uh, and even even McAvoy uh, in his little scenes with, uh, you know, sort of reuniting with uh, Mystique and, and, and palling around a little with Hank is that's cool stuff. But, uh, yeah, it's uh, another one of those films. We keep we come across them a lot where I'm way more interested in when I when Apocalypse is not on screen. <laughs> yeah, they arced out Mystique, which is interesting. And yep. and sort of put her beside Xavier again, but except that we know that are we to take it that she becomes Rebecca Romaine Stamos, or are we to take it that that version of events never happened? I don't know. I mean, I think we are to take it that she becomes what she became later, Rebecca Romaine Stamos. But it's just uh, uh, Rebecca Romaine Stamos. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so yeah um so that part of it's good or whatever there's some good stuff in the movie uh but that's why i'm having i was having a tough time then i'm i'm having a tough time now i mean i i i wanted i kind of want to give this like three stars i think it's a bad movie dude i think it's the first bad x-men movie since um uh wolverine since origins wolverine 
Oh, and, of, okay, I see. Yeah, yeah. I, I just, I, I don't think this movie fucking has it together. They, it has no new ideas. The best thing we get is a redo of the uh, Quicksilver thing that everyone liked. And anytime you do a redo, it's not going to be as good as the original. See also all the hallway fights in Daredevil. Um, <laughs> oh, that's not fair. Daredevil is serious. Amazing fucking uh, fight. Come on. They right, never anyway. topped the first one. Uh, I don't know about if I agree with that, but okay. All right. Yeah. So, so um, anyway. Yeah, no, you know what? You're right because, I mean, it's it's two stars. It's definitely not one star. No, uh, no, no. It's two stars for sure. But, but, you know, speaking of X-Men Origins Wolverine, I mean, I believe I gave that three stars because I thought there was enough in there to have it be a fun, a fun bad. I, I think I that's you, better than this. Yeah, it is better than that. It definitely is better than this. So then uh, that's that's fine. I, I in don't fact, if I'm to... looking at my Hugh Jackman rankings right now, I have Origins at 12 and Apocalypse at 13. Well, yeah, I have uh, Origins uh, 2 above Apocalypse, right? So, yeah, I mean, now can we we just talk briefly about Sophie Turner? Yeah, she can act. She, you know, you were giving uh, Famke Jansen a lot of shit. No, 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 Sophie Turner is way worse, man. She really, you know, I, you know, I brought this up type of stuff up before but like this is just one of those prime examples of it's like okay so there's a big star on a tv show right now who has this role and so let's let's throw her in this because she's got everyone will know her because they watch game of thrones and and so but do you she, know her God, from thrones just... yeah that's how i know that's all i know her from is she good on there she's fine as far as I remember, sure. I mean, I haven't watched that show for years, but sure, she's fine. She's kind of in her her element, you know. It's just kind of a quiet victim, stayed princess type of thing. At least she was back then. I don't know, but it's just not. She's just rather uh, devoid of charisma, too, you know. And and I don't know. I mean, I I you know I always liked Famke Jansen in this role. It, it was very much like. Um... Like a January Jones situation. And I didn't remember this. This was not an issue yeah. I had with this movie the first time I watched it. But maybe I'm watching it now knowing that the next movie's fucking Dark Phoenix. So she's going to yeah. be saddled with a really complex and demanding role. And yeah. she this doesn't have it, man. I mean, this is her. This is it. She. I thought of that. I thought of well. First of all, I thought about how much I liked Famke Jansen as as Jean Grey. All right, enough. I, we get it. You liked Famke Jansen. She's uh, almost as much as you like Lovely and Amazing. Uh, um, <laughs> hey, hey! If you uh, want to know more about that joke, listen to the Patreon. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Oh, is that on the Patreon? I think so. All right. That was from an episode uh, of Award uh, Bros. Okay. All right. 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 Um, but yeah, Sophie Turner now. It's true. She's good. She is. This is what we're going to be covering in a bonus episode uh, later on this year. Dark Phoenix. And she is like, what, going to carry this movie? I, I don't know. I mean, uh, maybe another director will be able to handle it. Kinberg. Yeah, Simon Kinberg. He's the man for the job. Who knows? Yeah, I don't know. Anyway, yeah, I was um, I was awfully shocked by uh by her. 
So you really didn't have I. This is one of those few instances, rare instances, where I actually knew the actress a little more than than you did. Is that I don't know from anything, but like I've seen these Thrones people pop up and shit, and for the most part, they've been good. Yeah, you're you're right. Lena Headey is 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 good, and uh... well, I knew her before, but I mean, like people like this that like are just like rando game of thrones actors like and and it's always like i don't know they're from game of thrones and then i see them in something and i like them and i look it up and that's what they're from right uh, okay rose leslie was one of those oh yeah yeah yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah anyway uh so sophie turner not one of the good ones apparently lvp all right yeah she's mine too who's your mvp uh, no, you I know what? Li- Fuck it. I'm going I- Oscar Isaac as LVP. Yeah, I, I had it. A, I had a slash, like I wrote Oscar Isaac slash Sophie Turner, but I'm I'm sticking with Sophie Turner because mm. it's not Oscar Isaac's fault. <laughs> no, no, of course not. I I just mean like that. Listen, the movie's called X Men Apocalypse, and Apocalypse wasn't good. Agreed. Agreed. Uh, I'm going to go MVP because I was thinking about the uh, sequence in Poland and how good it is. So I'm going to go with Fassbender again. Yeah, he's good. Yeah, you you probably have to go with uh, Fassbender, but I'll also say Evan Peters was good again. He and was. And I thought Nicholas Holt. You know what? Maybe I'll go with Nicholas Holt. Okay. Yeah. I, I liked his storyline with uh, Jennifer Lawrence. They, they they handled that nicely. I also liked the kid who played new young Nightcrawler. Oh, yeah. Fucking uh, let me in kid, right? <laughs> yeah, that guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, he's good. He's good. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. So there you go. It's a two, though. Yeah, it's a two. I'll agree with you on that one. Yeah. Superhero count? Only two, folks. Uh... This one I didn't know, Oscar Isaac. Uh, this has been coming up a lot lately, Into the Spider-Verse. Uh, he played Miguel O'Hara, Spider-Man 2099. That's right, yeah, he just pops up for a couple minutes in that movie, but I was excited because I loved that comic. Yeah, well, you love the movie, too, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. All right, okay. and, and Olivia Munn. Was in Iron Man Two playing Chess Roberts. Chess, yeah, I kind of remember that. So anyway, so that's we gotta wrap this up. Not a great recording this week, gang. But uh, check us back right. later in the week because we're gonna have a new episode of Order Up on the uh, well, Patreon. That's right. Yeah. And uh, it's yeah. only five dollars to subscribe. I don't understand why more of you aren't using the higher tiers. A hundred dollars will cover anything you <laughs> fucking want, and fifty dollars uh, will go see something in theaters. That's a franchise, all right? The economy's great right now, folks. It's it's great. <laughs> it's the greatest economy in the history of any economy in the whole world. So you should have five bucks. Right? Utilize, I mean, I think- yeah, certainly you should be on the $5 tier. You're getting at the, two new episodes of D-Train and H-Bomb a month. And then if you liked uh, my old show, Surviving Survivor, we have Lone Surviving Survivor with uh, Shut Up Tim, special guest. Host. Yeah, and, well, and we're going to be, put. you know, it's not just going to be award bros and order up everybody. We're going to, there'll be some new stuff coming up later. Yeah, later how about on. that new idea I came up with in this episode? 
Well, that's still an order up show. But yes. <laughs> well, I guess that's true. <laughs> it's an order up spinoff. That's right. I, but I've been I've been I've been uh, brainstorming with some some ideas. You'd be happy to know. So there Ooh, you go. Yeah. I'm excited to discuss those coming up. Uh, so so make sure you're on the Patreon for fuck's sake. Leave a five star rating or review on iTunes. I'm. Uh, it's been listen. Thank God for the Brits out there because you American pieces of shit are doing nothing. <laughs> Fuck you. He's getting annoyed again, folks. He was on an even keel for a while, and he's getting annoyed uh, with you again. I can't take it. Uh, email us at thefranchisepod at gmail.com, henryfranchise at outlook.com, Twitter at podfranchise at lowstakesdaniel. You'll be loving all of that. We will uh, see ne- you next, next week. week yeah. We're covering uh, Logan, and yes. we're going to rank all these X-Men movies. And then we will also cover our thoughts on Avengers Endgame in uh, in full, in detailed full, plus a big, big Marvel MCU ranking, including TV shows. That's right. That That's going to be a big old episode, buddy, so that'll be a lot of fun. Two massive superhero franchises being ranked in one episode. Mm-hmm. Pretty That's going to be a big podcast. It's going to sound like what it sounds like when, um, uh, you know, Fastbender whips his dick out. It's going to appear in your feed like ka-chunk. <laughs> and hopefully the quality of the sound will be better than t- tonight's, which was sort of like ordering through a Burger King drive through window. Couldn't so. do much worse, frankly. <laughs> You know what, everybody? I don't know about you, but I had a good time anyway. And uh, I'm looking forward to seeing everybody next week. And look out for that Patreon episode uh, at some point this week. A uh, new episode of Order Up. So, uh, Daniel, I'd like to wish everybody uh, something. Would you like to have any final uh, words? No. Happy trails! The third one's always the worst. <laughs>